The following views and opinions expressed on Joy Has Questions podcast are not to be confused and or affiliated with any other corporations, companies, businesses, LLCs, and any other acronym that you can possibly think of. Basically, these are my own opinions on my own platform. And now everybody, let's get on with the show. Hey, good people. It's your girl Joy Has Questions, dropping some new fire for you all to listen to for the week. Starting with, you guessed it, you better know. This week, I am shining light on the chic-ass pilot in the sky, Azalea White, aka the first black woman to get her pilot license in the Lone Star State of Texas. Although Bessie Coleman is the first African-American woman to have her pilot's license, period, she received it in Paris. I couldn't find like any specific details about her parents or her upbringing, but Azalea was born in Gonzales, Texas in 1913 and later married to Skeegee service mechanic, Hullen Pappy White. And then on top of it, like I did do research, he was fine. Like, okay, Pappy, I see you, boo. They moved to Alabama where he worked as a mechanic with the Tuskegee Airmen. In 1941, then First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt came to visit the airfield and asked, now get this y'all, despite the Secret Service objecting, to fly with one of the African-American pilots. So let me get this straight. The Secret Service assumed the black pilots were what, gonna fly her into oblivion? Idiots, I cannot. Anyway, based on the expertise of the Tuskegee Airmen, First Lady Eleanor personally recommended them for service in World War II. Now, this was a white woman who was truly an ally and had her shit together. From watching the Tuskegee Airmen gain the spotlight, Azalea caught the flying bug herself and decided to go for hers. I see you, sis. She officially earned her private license on March 26, 1946. She made the decision to focus on transporting black people specifically in the southern United States as it was often dangerous for African Americans to travel town to town by land. I mean, South, lynching, KKK, racist, I just, ugh, the list goes on and on. Growing from the original idea herself, her husband and the rest of the Tuskegee Airmen opened up the Sky Ranch, which served as an airport for the segregated African-American community and provided instruction to veterans who were interested in flying, as well as charter flying, cargo services, and other amenities to African-American GIs and civilians. Tragically, the company closed in 1948 due to new legislation which restricted the use of the GI Bill and then led to a downturn in the flight training business. Mind you, this is where the false narrative that everyone came out of the war and walked into white picket fences and suburban life. Oh, contraire. Some of our ancestors weren't able to fulfill their American dream. Regardless, Mama Azalea White was still able to fulfill her dream of becoming a pilot and support her community. And for that, I tip my black ass hat to her. Hey everybody, Sugar Joy has questions and I am at a live show, my very own live show. No, all jokes aside, I am here with my girl, my boo bear, No Way She Codes, at not her second, not her third, but her first 
coding event. The smile on her face as she is sitting here with all of this melanin surrounding her. Hi, boo. Hi. You were say it again. Hi, boo. Ew. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so I'm just gonna jump right to it. For something of this nature, with you teaching young black and brown women, you know, coding the importance of it. Why is something like WakandaCon so impactful? Like, why are you here? Um, I'm here because we're bringing in so many people from our community, uh, black, brown, other minorities, to come together and kind of, you know, nerd out and geek out. It's creating that safe space for people to really feel like uh, they can show this other side of them that maybe other people, that, uh, that other places in our community aren't uh, able to provide that feeling of being safe. Um, and so having a codathon here is allowing others to kind of realize, like, what else they can do, what potential do they have to create in uh, various different ways. Um, so it's, it's just really important, I think, for WakandaCon. So, of course, as it grows, I want this codathon to grow with it um, and really get people involved and essentially leave with a new skill set. That is phenomenal. Like, being here as early as I have today and then seeing everyone, you know, come in and ask questions and be enriched it definitely is something that is just amazing and to know that like a girlfriend of mine like you did this like and then not only are you here today but you will be here tomorrow so I just wanted it to be like a really quick blurb if you will just to highlight number one how amazing you are and then secondly just the importance to have STEM within our community to leverage our talents and to really show that there's a place for us within the tech world so kudos to you boo Okay, (laughs) that is it for Joy Has Questions Live at WakandaCon 2019, and I will holler at you later. Hello, everybody. It's your girl, Joy Has Questions. And when I tell you, I am so happy and appreciative to have this fly black girl magic in the building today, um, giving me a beautiful frosted twist out, giving, <laughs> giving me um, curves from the Cotton Club, 1920 in Harlem. Give, okay, right. Giving me, I'm not here for the fuck shit, but you will get this melanin and this glow. Yay, we curse. Oh, yeah. Sorry. This, Yay. <laughs> this, is, this is not the show to be like, well, you know, I think... <laughs> The state of African-American. Like, I do that, too. But I'm like, look, we as a people have got to get this shit together. Shit. (laughs) Fuck. But now I am so happy to have vlogger, web series creator, overall fashionista. I have Tracy Roberson in the building today. Hi, love. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. I'm so happy to have you on the show. We are going to jump right into it. Let's. Let's because I met you, it was at a Nike event, you were yes. a bomb-ass model. I was like, everyone, just come here. Like, look at what's happening. And yeah. it was a phenomenal event, and then your energy was just super dope. I was trying to, like, break out of my shell and talk to more people. I'm no, like, you did a great job. I, was I like, remember it. You I, have, don't, I don't really talk to people. So <laughs> right? I was like, it. you have three. That's your cut. <laughs> <laughs> just going to talk to three, and then you're leaving. Because oh, it's a good too idea. much. Yeah. yeah, I think sometimes, like, in general, Especially like when you maybe have brands, like you feel like I got to give out every business card Mm, tonight. And it's like, I would rather focus on connections that I think like would be meaningful. I would rather have two real ones than have 5,000. And it's like, they just want to know who I am. Yeah. Like that's, um, that event 
was for my friend Hayat. Right. And um, I that's back when I actually modeled a lot more than I do now. I still um, have some photo shoots lined up, but I used to do shows and photo shoots, and I used to fill up like from spring to the end of summer. Get your comp card. Do it. I know. I don't do it much anymore just because I started just like focusing on my actual work. Okay. And it was more of like a hobby, like a fun thing for me. Um, I'm more of a t-shirt and jeans kind of gal on a normal day. So getting dressed up and all glammed up, it brought out like my Sasha Fierce, Beyonce, you know, alter ego side. So I enjoyed it, but I don't really do it anymore. No. And that's, I think that it even brings up the aspect of like, being okay with stepping out of like whatever that that persona is that you have and branching off into other things. I especially with us living in such a, a social media heavy yeah. environment, it's like, is your face beat? Is this done? I'm not sandblasting my face every day. Not every day. Using all my damn ancient cosmetics trying to get like tumor. <laughs> go. Like I'm not doing it. Like right. that shit is not cheap and I'm not wasting it and like you, that. And you know what? Like, um, for me, because I am such a, like, casual dresser mm-hmm. and things like that. Like, I think the modeling brought out a side of me that I maybe didn't know was there. It, you know, I wouldn't say that the modeling made me more confident, but it brought out some right. confidence that I didn't know was, like, bubbling under the surface. Like, okay, like, thigh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, thigh. And, and the fact that, like, I could walk a runway in lingerie and not care. Like, I didn't know that I had that in me. Wow. But um, when they were like, hey, you're in, the, you're in the lingerie portion of the show, I was like, well, all right. I'd have been like, <laughs> looks you, like we're doing it. You ready? <laughs> Looking at your boobs like, okay, get, you get lead, I'll follow. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it was um, modeling did a lot for it's so funny because, you know, being plus size, it's almost like they expect you to not be confident. And I do have some of those insecurities that come and go, you know, ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. But um, whenever I'm modeling, people are always like, you know, I'll get that that message that says, like, how are you so confident with it? Or how does it it, it seems to come so naturally to you? And. You know, I used to respond and be like, girl, that's acting. You know, it's just like acting. Like, just pretend you the shit and then Mm -hmm. you gonna be the shit. It's like fake it till you make it type thing. But really, what I learned was that I was really being myself. Just like a different, like, version of me. You have to just be okay with tapping into it. Tapping in. That's what I was doing. I was just tapping on in. And, um, you know, I had to, because I wasn't giving myself enough credit. Mm -hmm. I was saying, like, oh, girl, I'm just acting. Black one, we will deflect a compliment with someone who's really like, you will. look stunning. Girl, bye. Like, be like, I love those shoes. You'll be like, girl, $5. Pay okay. less. <laughs> be like, well, thank you. But I was just saying, you look nice. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I had to, like, you know, really figure that out for myself that I was, hey, I am the shit. Like, this is me in these pictures. I had one picture that I, um, a photo shoot that I took with Andrew Thomas Clifton that sort of went viral. <laughs> and um, when I when he first sent it to me, I was like, yo, cellulite, back fat, like all of these. I was mm-hmm. like picking myself apart. And then because it started picking up steam when he posted it and like plus size blogs and stuff started posting it and people were like, oh, my gosh, she's beautiful. And I realized that I was being meaner to myself than other people than like random people on the Internet. And I was like, that's 
that's bad. Like, that's weird. You can't do that to yourself. So I just, modeling really helped me focus on like the things that I do love and even the things maybe that aren't my favorite things about myself, but like they're still me and that, you know, just to be okay with them. I think that's the part, like the actual self-acceptance. I think for me, you yeah. you get to a place, or I feel like you get to a place of like, even if you do say you want to have something that you want to change about yourself, mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is still in, learn to enjoy your journey where you currently are. Where you are now. That's the, that, I would say, is really tough. Oh, it totally. Is the, it's the hardest part for me because I'm like, well, if I'm trying to lose weight, am I really like excited about my body right now? Or am I just like trying to fix what I think it needs fixing? You exactly. Know? So it is tough, but um, it's definitely one of the things that once you, I don't know, just stepping out there and modeling, it sort of made me realize some things that maybe I was being a little too critical, a little too harsh on myself. About. Can I? Let me ask you this thing really quickly. Mm-hmm. So I know you brought up the whole thing of like losing weight or, or varying. Like you, you definitely are a super successful, you know, vlogger. Like I, your IG page, your reach, your engagement, mm-hmm. super phenomenal. I've also seen other brands where it's like as soon as maybe someone steps into that arena, they're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, alter myself a little bit. Not even because they want to, you know now become like a, a, a Anne Reezy or a Kim K type right, body type. Right. Just like, sis, I want to get this, you know, systolic under a little bit. Then it's like people, oh, see, I liked you and you loved yourself. Right. And now you're you're changing. Have you ever felt pressure to be like, well, let me just keep everything as is because this is how, what I am known for? Nah, I don't really give a damn about these people for okay. real. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> like I love y'all but I don't know y'all but I really <laughs> don't know y'all and like like you said like sometimes it's a health matter um yeah your blood pressure is high or whatever and it's just like um who cares at that point like what other people think I I have seen plus size bloggers who have been like oh, you not rapping for us big girls no more, and you not, you lost too much weight now. You ain't even plus size no more. You shopping in the regular stores. You shopping at the regular racks. And so it's just like, it's hard because- well, I will take this regular support in my, right. my black ass business. It's hard because like, especially if you are plus size and maybe you lost a tremendous amount of weight, like over a hundred pounds or something. Um, I think you have to understand the mental mm-hmm. is, a, is a part of that shift too. And I, I just feel like these people, even though they probably have gotten smaller, are still mentally like a part of the community. Like they still are like plus size women in their brains because this is the community that has known them and loved them for so long. And so when they start getting shunned by the community that they have like fostered. It's crippling. Yeah. Or it can be crippling. It can be crippling. And so... Like, I mean, I know like Garner style has like lost a bunch of weight recently and Mm -hmm. like, she looks amazing. But like, to me, I feel like she's still plus size and she's still working it. And she's still showing that like, you can do things for your health or you can do things just to feel better about yourself and still, you know, have the following and have the love and support that you should get. I mean, just because you, you're losing weight. I'm, I don't know. It's one of those things where like, People just want you to stay as you are forever. And it's like, bruh, growth. Have you heard of it? And that's the thing. Like, I find for me, that is a real marker in terms of what have people been following you for, mm. you know, because at the end of the day, if your platform has been built upon 
self-acceptance, loving who you are, being authentic in your journey, speaking Mm -hmm. that if your followers start to see you and even though, right, case in point, we don't know these people, but I have people that still have followed me for like over three years and they're like, oh girl, I remember this, the video you did that day. So it's like, if they, people will keep up with your journey. Oh my gosh, yes. And so it's just a matter of, if I've been saying the same thing for whatever amount of time that you've been looking at me, then when you start to see these changes be implemented, it shouldn't be something that's shocking to you or something that now like is, is, you know, scornful in a sense. Yeah. And, and like, as far as, you know, I'm concerned, I've just always been, um, you know, since I stepped onto the internet scene, Mm -hmm. I've always been plus size. Um, but I wouldn't consider myself a plus size like vlogger or like I don't talk about clothes or you know anything like that I just think people see me and I'm you know a size 18 and they're like okay well she's you know she looks like me I'm gonna see what she wearing but it's not that's not my purpose that's not the basis of the platform yeah and like you said people have been following me um I started on YouTube in 2007 and so it's so weird because people will write me and say like oh my God, I was following you in high school and now I'm married and I got two kids. I'm like, well, bitch, my life is still the same. Right. (laughs) Shit, maybe you need the vlog. Right. And I need to be What are your secrets? You are doing. (laughs) Like, maybe we need to switch roles. (laughs) Like, this is fun and everything. What did you learn in your high school that I missed out because of baby? Was it Proviso West? Was it Whitney? Like, where were you? Germantown? I don't (laughs) Where are you from? I'm like, was it Evanston? (laughs) Like, maybe I should have went to Evanston Township. Everybody I know that got a man from Evanston is happy. See? <laughs> the well, rock. You know, I'm from I'm from Mississippi, so got you. Okay. it's just like I, I I don't when I started on YouTube, I was living in Atlanta and I was going to advertising school. Oh, cool. Okay. And um so I didn't have a job and that's why I could start, you know, a YouTube channel. And at that time in 2007, it wasn't how it is now. It was just like people on there talking and like sharing stories of their lives and we were literally using our macbook computer like the the camera camera. the camera on the computer it wasn't no fancy lights it wasn't none of that some of us would be in the bathroom i remember kid fury's like yeah the story he told about how he (laughs) almost got arrested when he quit his job i like watch that because it it's funny. That's what we used to do. Like, we literally would get on the internet and tell a story and talk. And that's why people feel like, to this day, they know us. Mm-hmm. Like, I have been on the elevator at my job now. And somebody's like, Tracy May. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, you're Tracy May. And I'm like, yes. Like, hey. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I am. Because, you know, I haven't been on YouTube in a minute. So, sometimes I don't even remember until somebody else reminds me. Mm-hmm. But, um, isn't it kind of scary though? If you just stand like, I'm the, I naturally talk a lot in the sense of if I know I'm at a kickback that my friends are having, right? right. Like, okay, I know the baseline. Right. Yeah. So the funny thing is when I started to pick up like traction, somebody would be like, Hey, I know you. And I'd be like, Oh cool. What part? Like I would be thinking, my mind was still yes. thinking from a personal perspective. You're like, no, nah, don't you, you have your joy has question like oh my god like See, that's why I like my grandfather called me Tracy May but that is not like something that anybody outside of family ever called me mm-hmm. and so that's why I made that as my internet name so I know if somebody calls me Tracy May that I don't it's not my family 
I know they know me from the internet. Okay, see yeah. that that's good. Yeah, because <laughs> you can't be having people like Joy, and you like that's my real name. <laughs> I was like, did we play space? Right. Like, now, wait. How many, we, did, did we go five high? Like <laughs> you said, middle school or high school? They're gonna be like the internet. Oh, oh that. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like it's it's hilarious when you see this world I guess come together in the sense of yeah. like people really do think in an aspect like they know they know you but then oh, yeah. it's also like when you're talking about serious subject matter like self-esteem like people kill themselves over lack of self-esteem mm-hmm. you know or the perception of black women or the fact of oh we always have to be strong that shit is tiring and oh, gruesome man. um and even like in your case like handling grief being open and talking about that yeah. losing both parents hell yeah. i thought when you lost your dog i was like girl i am sorry you I know, know like, I was like both my parents and both my dogs i was like I am so alone. <laughs> like, and that is a, that's a big, yeah. so in that aspect, like you are sharing like these extremely personal, intimate moments. Oh, yeah. And then still it's just like, but you don't, like if I haven't sat you on this couch and drank yogi tea and had a cry session, like it's still that layer of, you don't know that aspect of it. You me. don't know exactly. Yeah. That's, that's it. Like you don't know everything because I'm not, I'm choosing what to share and mm-hmm. what not to share. And I was actually still on YouTube when my mom passed away in 2010 and I did that video and, uh, everybody was like, I can't watch it. I can't, <laughs> I can't finish it. Once you said your mama died, I can't watch it. And so um, it's one of those things where, like, grief is so... Uh, oh my gosh because you know you go through those stages but then it still comes back in waves mm-hmm. where um like holidays come around and you're like okay I'm gonna be fine I'm gonna be fine the first couple of years I tried to go to other people's families houses I feel like that makes it worse it, it did for me it made it worse like people because you know people would invite me like oh it's thanks my mom died a week before Thanksgiving so that Thanksgiving everybody was like come over, come to my house, you know, I don't want you to be by yourself or whatever. And I went to like three people's houses who are like my really, my best friends. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so like, cause everybody was at that house was family except for me. And so now I really felt removed from a family unit. You feel isolated. I felt isolated. I just felt like, and so from that moment on, I was like, okay, I know that I don't like to go over other people's houses for these holidays, but then that further isolated me because people were inviting me to things and I was like, nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just stay at home in a fetal position and cry and watch these Netflix movies. I was about to say Golden Girls. That's one yeah. that's playing. If you hear a thank you for being here, it's like, bitch, I'm going through it. Uh, and uh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Start from the bottom. Like, and I need a picture it, Sicily nineteen eleven. Right. Like, I can't yeah. it's it's definitely like one of the harder things like my my mom and dad were divorced and mm-hmm. actually when my mom passed away I moved to Chicago from New York um wow you've been in Atlanta New York yeah girl, I just sister. been I started my ad career in New York and so then when my mom passed away I was like why am I here right I don't need to be here and I have a lot of family in Chicago. and so I moved uh, to Chicago and also my father lived in Chicago and he had other kids Mm -hmm. and so I was like oh well maybe this is the perfect time for me to like rekindle some kind of relationship with my father and my brothers and my half sister you know and so when I got out here 
I must have been here two months and the oldest half brother that I had, he died. He got killed. And, and then a year later, the middle, I had three half brothers. Mm -hmm. The middle one died the next year, almost like that same month of the next year. And then, um, my father died like maybe two years after that. Wow. And then the youngest half brother that I have, he, I feel like he has survived because he was in jail that whole time. Wow. So it was just like, I came to Chicago and it was still more grief and more death, mm -hmm. even though I really didn't, I wasn't that close to these people. It was still like, these are my family members being picked off one by one. Right. That's how it felt to me. So even if I wanted, you know, I'm trying to have the opportunity to, to connect and even yeah. that is being taken and from even me. Even that. So I started to develop this fear that anybody that I loved would be taken away. Mm. And so, and then, and then of course, my two doggies, they just died of old age. But right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> if there is any time I need it, y'all right. to keep it together. I was like, oh man, come on now. Yeah. Right. So, um, it, it just felt like I, you know, I was praying and being like, okay, God, well maybe, maybe I'm supposed to be alone. Like I started thinking like, well, who says everybody's supposed to be with somebody, you know? I do that a lot. Like, yes. I don't know. For me, like it's been looking at, you know, friends get engaged, get married. Yes. I'm just like, I get like it happens in your own time and season. But I'm like, at this point, I'm like, you know, Christ, if I'm just the rich auntie in the Mary J. Blige shades, Sneaking 20s and going, I know the family's crazy. You just call T.T. Joy and I mean, we'll just, you know, work it out. So here's the thing with that. For me, at least, I tried to tell myself that, that mm -hmm. I would just be like the auntie that got money and travels all the time. <laughs> um, but I really feel like the desire to be married is in my heart for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so... I, I even told God, like, hey, if I'm not supposed to be married, remove this desire. Like, I don't need this to be even thinking about this. If this is not something that I'm supposed to be or have in my future, remove this whole want right. from, from me. Because, um, you know, I'm in my late 30s. And so. You're what? Yeah, girl, I'm going to be 39 this year. Is this, wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> For real? <laughs> yes. This is my last year. Come well, coming on. Up. Come on. 30. Ooh, black if don't crack it. <laughs> sis, go. Like, take off. I'm like, you're, I'm sorry. But that being said, like you said, I've watched, you know, I, and also I'm from Mississippi where people get married super young. And, th and that is Southern black hope. That, yes. that I will say family is truly. Yeah. Where's your kids? Where's yeah. the swimming and by 25, like people were coupled up already and I kind of felt like I did it all wrong because I had this like super long relationship in my 20s that ended in my late 20s when everybody started getting married and I was newly single right and so I was like man I fucked that up I did that all. I did that all backwards that's your journey though yeah and so <laughs> it's like um I mean no we're not there yet but that's like one of the reasons that I like wrote my show and oh um, let's talk hold on now yeah we are totally gonna get this out there okay like, they didn't Skirt. talk about grief and family and hair grease. Like, what's happening Whole here? life. So that's the thing. Like, so even going from being a model, being a vlogger, yes. you know, ha clearly you work, you know, in, in the arts. I will yes. just say that um, in your day role. Mm -hmm. Multi-layered creative technologist. Hello. Yes. Hey. Um, and then on top of it, like, you just started your own web series. You know, yes. so number one, like, 
what made you want to transition into, you know, more scripted stories? We clearly just see like the success of Insecure. Now there's also about to be a new sketch show on HBO. Yes, and I'm, I'm like, so excited about that. What did I tell you, Quinta, from a meme wow. to Megabucks? Come on, wow. Queen. I ain't even mad at from you. From BuzzFeed to <laughs> HBO. I'm like, won't he do it? Won't he? Won't will. he will? And will he won't? Will he won't? So no, like, tell us a little bit more about that in terms of what even made you say like, hey, this is the cliff I'm jumping off on. Okay, so I am a writer mm-hmm. professionally by trade, and um, but I wasn't feeling like I was creatively fulfilled at work because you know. Um, in my profession, it's more like you write something and then it gets picked over, picked over, picked over, picked over until it's not really what you wrote anymore. Until it fits whatever the client's needs Right. Are. The client is what the client wants. It's not really the create, mm-hmm. the creative thought that you initially had. So, um, I was trying to, my, my coworker at the time, this girl, Jessica, she was like, Tracy, if you're not being creatively fulfilled here, find it outside of work. And so I was like, okay, what can that be? And I actually went to Second City. And I did a class called Writing for TV and Film. And um, out of that class, you know, I just wanted to learn. How long was that class? I think it was the eight week. It was either six or eight weeks. um, And we met once a week, every Wednesday or something like that. And um, I went into that class because I just wanted to learn, like, the structure of, like, script writing and stuff like that. But... I really didn't know what to expect, but by the end of that course, I had not only my show concept, um, but I had written like two or three, I think it was like two and a half episodes of it already. And I was like, wow, I have a show. And then um, I was so scared, so um, nervous to even try to make it a real thing that I just sat on it for two years. It was just like on, on paper and in my brain, for two years um, until I started life coaching. And she was basically like, girl, you about to do this. Right. Um, but yeah, my show is called Uneverything. And it is basically this, um, the story of like my internal struggle. Some of the stuff that we talked about mm-hmm. already today. Um, it's basically about my character. I'm, I, I act in it. And um She's in her late 30s. She's unmarried. She's childless. She's parentless. And she just thinks at this point that she must be terrible at life. Mm. Um, So it's really about her journey to finding joy. Um, But there's a lot of struggle in there. There's a lot of comparison. She's constantly comparing herself to women who are married, who have boyfriends, who look thinner or um, who what she believes to be prettier than her. Um, she's Comparison just trying to is the thief of joy. It really is. Right. And she's just really trying to figure out why hasn't she been chosen and why nothing really like seems to work in her favor whenever right. she like jumps into these relationships or whatever. So, um, right now it, ha- it has, um, three episodes and, um, it will be, like I'm I think maybe I'll have like three or four more episodes to finish the first season, but they haven't been shot yet. Okay. But three episodes are like done. So what has that creative process been like in terms of like collaborating with others? Because clearly like you need people to work on the sh- like to yeah. act in the show with you. Um and then also just how has that been in terms of, you know, having 
has it been cathartic? Has it been a matter of like, whoo child, like we need mm-hmm. to take a, a beat before I go into the next episode. Like mm. in terms of reminding yourself, maybe you have, you know, certain situations that have, you know, hurt you or, you know, made you yeah. feel emotional. Yeah. So, um, I think a lot of that, well, to answer your second question mm-hmm. first, a lot of that, um, like the emotional aspect of it came out during the script writing phase. Gotcha. Um, so by the time it was time to like shoot certain scenes, um, there's like scenes where I have to like cry and stuff like that. It was at that point it was acting for me, even though I had to like draw from what I know I'm thinking at that point. Um, like if I'm grieving or if I'm like just feeling a way about something. I still draw from that same place of pain to act that out. But all of that pain really came out when I was writing it and trying to like portray it in the best way. Um, now to answer your first question, the the whole process of it was very um, difficult for me. That's why I got this life coach that really helped me like stay on task because um, you know, as a creative in advertising, there is somebody for each one of these jobs. Like there's a producer, there's mm-hmm. a director, there's an editor, the there's a, there's right. There's an AD. Like there's one person for all of these things that needs to get done. And I was wearing so many of those hats that I didn't even really know, um, how to do it. So I had to like meet with people. Like I had to meet with a producer and be like, okay, so what do you do? Like how, what, are, you know, what are the, things that I need to do and whatever. And then I had to like, you know, look for people. I had to talk to strangers. Ugh, barf. I hate, (laughs) I hate talking to strangers. So I had to put out like this casting call and like really vet people. Yeah. And I was just, because I knew that the majority of the shooting would be like at my house. And so, um, I didn't want to like, you know, that's, I don't know if if it's your space. It's just like, look, I'm not staging every goddamn two minutes. Yeah. And so I just wanted everybody to have like good, good vibes and stuff. And and it really was like, it it worked out so great. Um, The sound guy. And I had a lot of people that like helped me for free. Oh, that's good. Which is amazing because I was just using my own money. I hadn't done any crowdfunding or anything like that. So, um, um, one of my friends from YouTube actually was the DP uh, his name is Filthy McDave, hey. and he's like, um, and um, his brother is uh, made in Tokyo. He's like a famous rapper, but oh yeah, yeah. Uber everywhere, yeah. Hey. <laughs> so he basically what he does like professionally is a, he's a photographer and a videographer, and but he he mostly does like tour um, photography, Content. yeah. Uh-huh. So he'll like go on tours. He he's done like Monica's tour and like he just follows like all these celebrities and does their tours. And when I was talking about my show on Instagram one day, he sent me a DM and he was like, "Yo, send me the script. Let let me see what you're working with." And I sent him the script and he was like, "Tracy, if you don't make this show, I'm going to steal it from you and I'll make it in LA because he lives in LA." And I was like, "Bruh." Well, Cease and desist. Right. As well as- I was okay, like, I'm on all, it. NDA. That's <laughs> right. why I should have had like, you sign first. Like, this will be admissible in court. <laughs> and then, and then he's going to say, um, I'm a cast. Your character is Asian. I was like, listen, okay, we, so you're doing too much. <laughs> what I'm not going to deal with. <laughs> but, like, he was so instrumental because, like, you know, he lives in LA. He flew out um, to Chicago three times. 
I didn't pay for nothing. Like he flew out to Chicago three times. That's true support though. I mean, yeah, he like really believed in it. And I was like, and it was other people that did that. All the actors acted for free. Um, I think I only had to pay like three people, the sound guy, the editor and the makeup artist. I feel like there's certain, like we already know, like there's just certain people in that chain. It's like, no girl, we want it in cash. And I didn't have like, you know, and I, I like paying people for their service. I feel like people work harder and I feel like they have a little bit more pride in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So there was, um, people that I didn't want to skimp. I didn't want to ask for any favors. I wanted to, I wish I could have paid everybody. And like, as I continue on, hopefully I can do some crowdfunding and stuff like that to actually like start paying people. Um, but I was so grateful that everybody like, you know, was so excited about the script and felt that it was a good enough thing where they wanted to hop on. Like, um, uh, Miles Stroder was in my first episode. Teddy! <laughs> I love, like, one of my best, he's a sweetheart. He really Super is. Super talented. And it's so funny because when I told him the premise of the show, I was like, she's husbandless, childless, parentless, she's terrible at life. He was like, let's stop right there because do you really think that? Look, don't let no. Teddy will have you sitting there like on literally 69th and Eberhardt. Be like, I just want to be great. Right. I just, I mean, and he was like, he was like, I told, you know, he's out in LA too. Right. And I told him about it or whatever. And he was like, yo, I'm totally down to help. Like, I'll just let you know whenever I come to Chicago. And I was like, great. So he, every time he came to Chicago, he would be like, yo, I'm in town. And I would be like, I would, you know, text my DP, who's also in L.A., and he would be like, nah, I can't make it. Nah, I can't make it. So finally, one day, uh, it was in January. It was snow on the ground. We're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And Miles was like, I'm in Chicago. And then I texted my DP. He was like, I can be there tomorrow. I was like, yes. So it just all worked out. And because, like, he was so instrumental and, like, funny in the first episode. Like, he really, like, made it. So I was excited that he offered to help me out. When this fool was on the Steve Harvey show, literally playing, like, literally, like, a look. Oh, the I wheels like, on the bus bro. go right around. I was like, Miles, if you don't get your black ass, fuck, stop messing with these people. Right. Like, he's he's there trying to flirt. And then his laugh is so funny because he actually says, ha, ha. He'd be like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. But I think he's an excellent example. Like, I've had him on the show mm-hmm. too. But I think just even watching his journey, like, mm-hmm. a true, true example of what happens when, like, you give nothing but positivity and the light. Like, I truly feel like if someone goes, I don't like Miles Stroud, like, something's wrong with you. Something has to be like, wrong Like, that with means him. you are a hating ass he's, motherfucker. He's like, so he sweet. Like, the most sincere person. So nice. Like, in my first, um, when I sent him the script for the first episode, there's, spoiler alert, there's a scene where he's, like, jacking off in the car. And so I sent him the script ahead of time, and then he wrote me back. It was very sincere. He was like, so you want my actual penis? Are you going to give me, like, a dildo or, like, what? (laughs) He was like, like, bruh, I'm going to give you something to use. You don't have to actually pull it out. Right, like, we don't don't need this type of filming. Like, like, we're fine. He's like, just checking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) But, no, I think that's amazing just to show, even in terms of synergy within the city, sometimes – because, um, I mean, you've been here for how many years? Uh, I've been here since 2011. 2011. So, okay. So, I hope 
that you have a soft spot, you know, a little yeah. bit for the city. I mean, me being born and raised here, mm-hmm. um, I have felt like at times, like, look, we are so clicky and we don't collaborate. But even like just in terms of hearing this, like when people have an actual vision and clearly have passion behind it and and have the potential to really follow through, everyone will rally around you. You know, like I've been seeing like I just really think um, you just got to find the right team and get your tribe, get the right tribe. tribe. Yeah. And. And that's what somebody told me very early on when I was, you know, started thinking about doing the show and they were like, you know, um, you'll, you maybe will have a hard time finding people at first, but once they see what you're doing, once they see what you're about, they're going to be knocking down your doors anyway. So it's like find people that, you know, are there for you from the beginning and you won't have the issue of like, are they here for me or are they here? Cause I'm gaining popularity right. and stuff like that. So, um, and it was, I, so I actually tweeted Issa Rae. And, um, like how long ago? This was in April. Okay, I this believe. year. Yeah, this year. And I tweeted her and I, she was answering questions because she was promoting her movie Little. Oh, was that April? It was around there. Maybe March, February. April-ish. Yeah, maybe March. Um, and, um, so they were giving a little advice. I just did quote fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so I, you know, tweeted her and I said, I'm trying, I've created a web series. Like, how do you push past perfectionism? Because that was one of my main, um, issues. I just wanted it to be so perfect that I didn't even want to put it out. Right. I was just like, nope. I don't know how to shoot this part. So I'm just, everything was just holding me back. And she actually replied in, in video form. Whoa. And I was shocked. And she said my name. She goes, well, Tracy. And I was like, <gasps> I can't breathe. Me? I can't breathe. And she was like, she basically said, like, if you think it's going to be perfect, you're going to be in for a shock because it'll never be perfect. There'll always be something wrong with it or something that you think is wrong with it or something that's not quite right or something that somebody else thinks is wrong with it. And she was like, the longer you put it off is just you holding yourself back from future opportunities. And so um, that was like March or April, whatever. And I put my show out in May. So I was just like, see, ain't nothing but a word, sis. I heard you. And look at the universe. It's just like, okay, we're going to give you these droplets. Mm-hmm. Now what you do with them, girl, is we on you. We're going to have Issa Rae respond to you and say your name so you know that she's talking to your ass. <laughs> and I think that's really amazing, though, because like what you're doing, it's your own journey, right? But it's like yeah. if we're looking at someone who has become a model for what happens when you fund your own things and then you move into um, um, a bigger platform or yeah. a bigger opportunity in space, mm-hmm. like... She, at this point, like, has multiple shows, yeah. you know, that she's funny. She's also doing, like, I mean, they're even trying to save, like, now Nina Simone's childhood home. Her her philanthropy is, mm. you know, something that she's known for. She's is this amazing actress on yeah. top of being behind the scenes, too. So yeah. we have, like, multiple examples of people that are doing it. And I think, like, well, I don't, I don't. I feel like I've heard Issa's story of like awkward black girl and how like it came about. But I feel like one of the worst things that people do nowadays is they start something for the sole purpose of being famous, found or rich or something like that. 
No, that they doing they're doing it for the notoriety. Right. And instead of doing Do it, it for the clout. Right. And instead of doing it for like the passion or the creativity or like the feeling that it gives you when you create something. When I started YouTube, you know, in 2007, I wasn't like, I'm gonna be famous. Nobody was even on YouTube in 2007. Exactly. So I was just like talking to people on the internet, you know, it was just like a, a fun thing. And then it just grew over time. Um, so that's what I'm sort of like you know, feeling with my show, I I still feel passionate when we, you know, when I push post and when I'm like, you know, posting a new episode and I get super excited to read all the comments and stuff. So I know that this is something that I'm still passionate about. It's not something that I just did one time and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm over that. Right. Um, which I do a lot of those, which I think creative people find a lot of little things to do. <laughs> I think that would diets, but yes, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you cute i did like whole 30 you know oh yeah i've done that too like but the one thing i can't do is keto i'm not swallowing butter y'all can go to hell (laughs) like if if it's at that place i'm depressed like i'm suicidal at this point i tried keto it didn't really work for me either but um yeah swallowing butter is the thing (laughs) i was like what type of (laughs) like sis i need you to take it to the altar and a therapist (laughs) like this is not okay. Oh gosh. But no, yes. I think that's even when when we were just talking about doing it for those clout purposes. Yes. And then I think the passion aspect mm-hmm. has been what has even with me and my own platform, it's been what has has helped me to see or differentiate. Do I really give a fuck about this? Yes. Am I okay with letting it go or having this quote unquote L? Yeah. And then how else are we now gonna branch off? Like, hey, I Whole last website spent good Caucasian American dollars mm. on it. And I'm just mm. like, I ain't updated that shit in like forever. In a long time. Yeah. I think um, a lot of times, especially with creative thinkers, what happens is we have an idea. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh shit, this is amazing. Gotta do it. We do all the things that we need to do. We put it out there. We might do it for a year, two, three. And then we're like, I don't like this shit no more. Mm-hmm. We're moving on to the next thing because we're so creative that like we're always having a new idea. There's always something new that we can do. And I always have to apologize to my followers because I'll start something and do it for like a year. Um, the reason I got um, sort of famous, not really famous, but on YouTube is because I started rapping on YouTube every Friday and it was called the Friday wrap up. And I would rap about something that happened that week and did it every Friday for years. And then it started feeling like homework. Every Thursday, I would be like, fuck, I got to make a damn rap. I got to write it. I got to find a beat. I got to memorize it because I never read. I was right. always like looking dead at the camera. And so it just started feeling like homework. And then I got a real job. And I was like, bruh, I ain't got time to be right. writing no raps. And so I, I feel like I'm perpetually apologizing to my followers because I'm a starter and then I don't like stick it out. Like it amazes me that like some of my friends that have podcasts have been like the read has been out for like six, what, six years, seven years. I'm just like, it amazes me, even though you only have to get together once a week (laughs) to do this. (laughs) But But they don't have seasons. They don't have seasons. 
all so while year. other people have kind of like at least got a reset, they have been they get a they here. don't get a vacation. They have been on, and I'm just like this consistency. This is what I'm missing, and maybe it's like because there's somebody else that's counting on you to like do it and mm-hmm. be there, and which I usually like do projects alone. So I, if if it's up to me, I'm just like bitch, you ain't got to do that today. Right. <laughs> what so, we need is a spa day. You I know? mean, I feel. <laughs> I feel weighted down. There's nothing that a hot stone massage won't, you know, you know I ain't got time for these shenanigans today. So, but yeah. So I just think like that consistency is tough for creatives. Um, but I feel like it's one of those things where the passion is the driver. And if you're still passionate about it, I think you should still be doing it. I don't necessarily believe in continuing to do stuff even when you're just say – you do this podcast for five more years. You you have blow up shuated. Right. Like you're you're everywhere. Everybody knows Joy has questions. But you don't like it anymore. <laughs> I don't necessarily believe that I'm moving on. Right. That's what you gotta do because eventually it will start to play out in the show. Like you'll be like, so yeah, tell me about your shit that you it, got going on. And honestly, that definitely that you're speaking to the choir. I literally looked and I was like, huh. Last year I did was like April twenty eighth, mm-hmm. and the thing was like I would, I told my producer, you know, who's definitely like the best friend. I was just like, I'm tired, I'm burnt out, and if I don't take a rest and really come back to this when I am going to enjoy it, it's gonna make me walk away from it forever, forever. Yeah. <laughs> instead of me being like. Okay, yeah. I'm happy. And now it, it was one of those markers to let me know, do I really give a fuck about this or am I doing it because now this is what people have grown to expect from me? Because yes. in actuality, me then only just having like my day job to focus on or, you know, maybe just the posts that I was doing on yep. social media. But I was just like, I am getting really pent up. I'm being really bitchy. I feel like I don't have an outlet. People are getting them on every work. Like, all this stuff is happening. And <laughs> right. I'm just like, oh, my God, I need Joy Has Questions. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, I'm lovingly out. I feel but, release. But that is the difference. Like, you yeah. have to take those moments for yourself. I completely agree. Even yeah. if other people think, like, well, you're supposed to be doing this. I have been consistent. I got 48 episodes to my name. Boom. <laughs> like, what you got? Right. I started my fucking, you know, social media of August 2nd, 2016. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is, if I didn't care, mm-hmm. just like with your brand, if you didn't care, there is still some aspect of Tracy May happening. Whether right. it's you branching off with on everything. Right. Whether it's you doing your wrap-up Fridays, whether it's you modeling and giving people these sickening essence photos, whatever it is, you're still doing shit. Yeah, and that's that's the key. I have a lot of people that, like, you know, this, was it 2018, the whole year, I did my makeup on Instagram Live. I was trying to teach myself how to do makeup. I didn't know. I would see some of those. (laughs) So I was just, I would watch a YouTube video and try to, like, do what she did. Um, so I did that pretty much for the whole year last year. And here we are halfway into 2019 and every Sunday I'll get a message. No makeup today. No girl. I don't do that no more. Silence is also a conversation. (laughs) I don't do it. People still ask me for raps. I haven't (laughs) done one of those in about seven years. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't do those anymore. Like, 
And so it's it's tough because people like the consistency. Exactly. People like to know what to expect. Like every Friday, Tracy gonna rap and I'm gonna chuckle. He he, it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be funny. It's gonna be funny. And I'm gonna pick my favorite one. But like Tracy, Tracy had to move on from that. And it, it was just it was time. I think that's something even when it comes to the expectations that society places on people. Yes. And that's something that even I find whenever you put yourself out there, mm-hmm. whether if you want it to be a role model, I, I hate that saying like, but I didn't ask to be a role model. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, that's not how life works because as humans, we are programmed to want to comment or express ourselves. If, if Even if it's in reaction to something that we see, whether right. it's a positive reaction, a negative reaction, whatever. Right. And so the thing is, I understand that responsibility of like, hey, if I'm doing, you know, this right, people maybe want to say something about it. But at the end of the day, that doesn't also mean that you get to harshly judge me if I don't do it. Yeah. And I think about like, you know, bloggers like um, my friend Gia, she had MissGia.com for a long time. I remember that. Yeah, and she just like one day was like, I'm not really into celebrity gossip anymore. Like she was into it and then she was not. Say but something, Nicole Bitchy was everything Nicole to Bitchy, me. Nicole Bitchy. And like, then she was like, you gonna get these pecs and right. you gonna get this, this it's, whey protein. It's, it's like... People don't really expect you to grow and evolve. It's the entitlement that yeah. people have. It's like, no, you've been doing this since I was a senior in high school, so I need you to continue doing this. But, bro, are you doing the same shit you was doing when you, back then? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not doing the same stuff. So we got to grow together. We're going to have to evolve. Like, Beyonce don't even sound the same. I was, I was like, wow, her voice had, like, same thing with Brandy. I was listening to, to literally What's a Sunny Day, and then I like, was like, should I go? I was like, okay, that's adulthood. Right. I hear, I hear the, pain. The, the pain and growling, and there's, like, things that happen to you, and you have to, like, make room for it in your spirit and adjust. And so some things get left, you know, behind, and that's fine. That's, like, it's a thing that happens, and people just need to, like, Accept that? Yeah. I think, well, let's put it this way, just even slightly pivoting. Would you, if it was a matter of there is my chocolatey or maybe caramel, or hell, he could be, you know, milk chocolate, white chocolate, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh, I am happy. We are going to sew this up. It's Mm -hmm. time to get these eggs cracked. And I am walking down (laughs) this aisle. Would that be something where you were like, you would then take your brand and maybe put it to the back burner? Like, would you, would that be like a, something you feel you have to sacrifice or do you feel it's something like in this day and age, I want both. So this is okay. In theory, Mm -hmm. I would say that I should be able to do both. Right. In practice, I have learned about myself that I, in relationships, I lose myself a little bit. Um, and I focus more on the person that I'm with. I don't think I would let go of something as big as my show. Right. Um, no. No. That's <laughs> not something that would. Duck into blooms. Yeah. Um, but I do end up focusing a little bit more on the dude than, you know, when I'm single, of course. Because when I'm single, it's just me. Shopping takes on a whole new light. Like, ooh, this is cute. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I can fuck up his 2K score. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, it's one of those things where, like, um, back going back to my show, it, it is 
something that society has told me that as a 38 year old woman, I should be married right now. I should have one, maybe two kids already. And so it's hard to, um, you know, feel like you're not where you're supposed to be by whatever magical age that society made up to tell us that we're, we're supposed to be even doctors, like my gynecologist, my gynecologist is like, um, Hey girl, so when we gonna get this this husband, this boyfriend? Cause she she knows that I want kids, and so she's like, <laughs> clock is ticking, boo. What we got? What, what apps you on? You know, she she getting all this all this business. She's like, let me send you. I I made a hinge profile, but I'm gonna send him your way. I'm just like, yeah, this ain't for me. I'm this is for my girl. Can like, you just wait. forward me your matches because it's not it's not working out exactly. So um. Yeah, it is one of those things where it is hard to, um, and that's another, you know, version of comparison, just sitting there single, all your friends are married, and you're trying to figure out, like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, especially with my best friends, like, all three of my best friends are married. We, I wouldn't say we all act exactly the same, but we have very similar personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, we're, We're variant degrees of crazy um, but I'm not the craziest one. And right. that's the that's the point. It's like, well, I'm a mild man. I'm in crazy. between. So yeah. I'm in between. Like, this bitch will show up to your house and fight you. And she's been married for 17 years. And so I'm just like, bruh, I don't, I just, mm, it's one of those things where I, I feel frustrated because I don't know what it is. But at the same time, I'm trying not to put the blame on me. Um. There is nothing, let me say, just flat out, just say this. It is the worst, it's the worst practice that you preach, right? I know. But at the end of the day, whatever is happening in your life, as long as you are moving in your own purpose and drinking water and eating kale and minding the business that pays you and really putting out that positivity, you will be rewarded with that. Now, if you are sitting here judging yourself based on, well, you know, Kim Kamora got, you know, 17 kids and <laughs> two husbands and they all living happily ever after. Right. It's like with Kim K over here making, you know, fashion over originals and she then got wiped up several times, like, and all this other stuff. But that's not your life and that's not your journey and that's not your story. And think of it this way. Monday I used to say this. He was like, when it does happen to you or whenever something good happened or mm-hmm. I was like, man, it hasn't happened yet. But he's like, but think about how amazing it's going to be when it does. Right. Because that's a part of the story that you get to tell in terms of like, let me just sit you down real quick and be like, this dress, I bitch, I earned. I this earned moment, this. I earned. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, I think a, I think it's hard to uh, be grateful in the present, you know, totally. cause it's like, cause you want what you want. Yeah. And then you're like anticipating a future that you don't know if it's actually going to happen or not. But, um, you know, I'm trying to get better at that because I, and then the internet be making me mad because I can't do the me and oh somebody's son page. I've blocked it. Oh no. I love that page. I love it. But I had to block like for my own. I was like, no, me I'm, and somebody's son. I'll be like, ah, let me find somebody's son. It's about to be me and somebody's daddy. Not like marriage. <laughs> me and somebody's but, uncle. Because I'm at the point now where I'm like, I could date you or your pops. Like, I'll be, fucking telling, around I be telling my Instagram followers, I'm like, listen, I'll make an amazing stepmother to you. So right. send your dad right on over to my page. You Let think these whole food scallops are going to pay for themselves? Put no. on his readers. <laughs> <laughs> 
and we can just come on. He can just scroll through my page with his readers and right. pick a picture. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm done. I keep seeing memes that are like. If she fine and over 35, it's something wrong with her. Or if she fine and single and, uh, you know, ain't got no kids, she a man. I'm just like, bruh, are you kidding me? Well, uh, it's like, sir, you got to run around the entire south side of Chicago and hoe your way through half the CPS. Like... <laughs> And I didn't see nobody sitting there. You were a boss. You were, oh, let him, let him get himself together. Let him get himself together. They always get a little bit more. Men get a, a lot more grace. They than get more the opportunity get. to be on fuckery. They really do. Whereas with us, it's like, look, girl, if you ain't together by 15, <laughs> it's, I don't know what to tell you. You better have your shit tightened up. Tightened up. Get it together. Yeah. And it's just like with them, you're like, well, you know, Jamal was just, he going through a lot. Like he Not can't Jamal. find his favorite pair of 13. So like, <laughs> Excuse me. My uterus has been ripping out of my body since I was 12. Right. And you got the audacity to tell me he got a migraine. Like, dudes' lives are the same every single day. From like He doesn't even have to start getting a prostate exam until his late 30s. What are your struggles? How must it feel to wake up and be like, feel the exact same as yesterday? Unless you ate something bad. <laughs> His biggest fear is when he goes get a line in from the barber. Right. God forbid. Or he got to try a new barber. And they're like, Ugh. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, me and him been through a lot, fam. Like, excuse me, Marcus? Like, is this what we're doing? But no, I know, like, it is, it's just great to have, like, a real honest conversation. Because on yeah. one aspect, like, when it does look like you have everything together, I think that, to me, is the most frustrating part, you know? Yeah. When everyone is just like, oh. You're so great. You're so there's nothing more annoying than someone telling you how dope you are and then saying, but after it, like, yeah. it, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so Don't to have it. you girl Whew. walk on the lake for that, <laughs> but to have like, to be able to have like that transparent conversation with you, especially when you have such an amazing, amazing story. Like I am definitely like everyone watching everything. Yay. It definitely is going to be either a movie or, or it's going to be a series somewhere. Oh, man. Uh, Robin Reed just start adding her like crazy. She got everybody <laughs> coming on BET nowadays. I know, right? So I'm just like, uh, sis, you can add me to the hey, list. Thanks. Hey. Oh, yeah. Like, um, Black and Sexy TV. Have you ever heard of them? I have, they yeah. Sent, they sent me a, a Instagram like, hey, we saw your first episode. You're funny. I was like, eee. I didn't like, for real, for real. Like, you start questioning like, <laughs> Were you on like, my page? I was like, first of all, how you see it? Right. What you, who you follow? See, it's reach and engagement. Yeah. Reach so, and engagement. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, everybody watch. You can search on everything on Facebook and YouTube. Hey. I post it on both of those platforms, but yeah. I have thoroughly enjoyed having you on. This has been it's hell encouraging for me. I'm like, we got this. We got it. We popping as black women. Yay. Like, Yay. It's this a hot girl. Unsure. Yay. Yay. Right. Yay. I'm sitting there going like, hot girl. I'm like, I'm just going to read a I book. I can't do hot girl summer. I'm, yeah. I realized I couldn't do hot girl summer when I was 16. And I was just <laughs> like, I don't have what it takes for the, for the maintenance of this. I... So I'm going to just finish Native Son by Richard Wright. <laughs> 
And then I'm going to listen, you know, to Lil' Kim. And then I'm going to go back and watch, and read The Coldest Winter Ever. Right. So. Yes. Which, why didn't they make that? Can we get Fly Girl made into a movie? Y'all remake I remaking. think I heard they were. Stop. I heard that. Don't do that I really me. did hear that Fly Girl was being made into a movie. I, for some reason, just feel like Taraji P. Henson should be in that movie. She should be the mama. But hold on. Let's, th- let's really sit here. I did hear that. For you real. Know, I know. You know who should be the, the girl? The Fly Girl? Mm. The chick, the girl from Power, the one that was um, caking up on um, the fuckboy son, the one that just everyone. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She definitely mm. reads Omar Tyree. Tra- Come on. You know you mm-hmm. see it. I'm mm-hmm. like, if you get her for, because let's be real, I don't want to see Stormy Reed. No shade to that young black queen. <laughs> I don't want to see her as <laughs> no goddamn. Like, no, girl. You got to have a little bite, little What grit. was the second Fly girl. It was for called, the love. Wait, no. It was called something else. I don't know. It's the chapter one. It's her being back in high school, standing there. She had gotten remember. successful. Yeah. She got the bangles on and everything. Yes. Um, I can't remember, but yeah. No, because I'm mixing this up with now the coldest one ever. Because the second one was about midnight. The second one's about midnight and that Asian girl. I didn't like the midnight story because <laughs> of how young he was. I won't find sexy chocolate midnight. I made up in my mind. I yes. don't want prepubescent midnight married at, at 15 what is happening it was weird i was like Sister? i think it was still good though i can't remember i didn't finish it oh you didn't i got through i was like wait he's how old in this book <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> what in the r kelly is this i ain't reading this bullshit <laughs> like, i'm grown like, no yeah i, I, I finished it. i think it was pretty good okay so you gotta, so he, you gotta finish that one that that's the good. one thing i will say but all in all, I can't wait to see your version on the big screen. Yay, I just want to be at the step and repeat. I, you know, appreciate <laughs> Thanks. Definitely invited. Hello. Also, I wish I I should have reached out via Facebook. But I'm like, I invited you to my Lion King event. Oh. We'll talk about that. I'll, I'll invite you to the after set. Okay. Lady. But everybody, I hope you all, you know, have an amazing week. Let's make sure that it is a whole bunch of black magic. We know, you know, from the environment. Lake Michigan is trying to kill us. I was on the lake and the water is like at eye level. <laughs> Mother Nature is looking like, I wish a motherfucker would try Not me. eye level. I was like, <laughs> is this a wave? <laughs> like, what, what, what the, the San Francisco Bay is <laughs> But everybody, have a good one. I'll holler at you later. Today's motivational message was actually brought together by a conversation I had with a young man that I just met. And I I thought it was super cool. Um, So I have braces that I just got March 4th. So yes, it is over a month that I got them. Um, I'm running around these streets of Chicago looking like a nerd. (laughs) It is what it is. But... The person asked me, you know, they were just like, well, your teeth really are kind of straight. <laughs> like, they ain't that crooked. What what made you get them? And I sat there, and this is only something that I have revealed to people that are super close to me. So I don't know what made me tell them. But I was like, you know what? I'll give this person the detailed story. Um, when I was 12 years old, I went to the dentist with my mother. She was um, working at Northern Trust Bank for the wealth management floor. She was everything to me. Like watching her get up in the morning and go to work. I'm like, my mom is getting it. Okay. Do you hear me? And so 
I remember when I went to the dentist, we had health care, like as a family. I was like, wow. Like, um, so when we went to the dentist, I remember they told my mom, they were like, okay, Mrs. Weathers, her lower jaw is not as developed as her upper jaw. In fact, it is ridiculously underdeveloped, which is why, if you know me, I have a huge overbite. Not like weird, but it's just, I have an overbite. And we're going to need to get her braces, but also an appliance to pull her jaw forward. And then like all this stuff that just in my head, I'm like money, 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 and more money. And I remember watching my mom. She sat there. She did. She went into like that polite black person um, space that everyone does when you know, I don't have money for this shit, but I'm just going to hear it out to the end. And when we left, I also was so you all know a little bit more about me. I was the weird kid who loved the dentist. I, even though they put me in so much pain, I still enjoy going to the dentist. They're just, they're so nice. I hate doctors, love dentists, weird. But I remember um, when we left in my head, I was excited. I'm like, I'm getting pink ones. I'm gonna fuck the game up. No, they gonna be blue. Like I'm thinking about all this cool things. And my mom was like, sweetie, we can't afford them. And I remember, like, that really, like, kind of sat with me. And I was just, like, so disappointed, like, that I couldn't get braces because we didn't have the money for it. And even when I got older and I started, you know, going to the dentist, you know, you know more consistently because, thank God, I had a job that then could have, you know, afford for, you know, just cleanings and general shit. It always just stuck with me that I was just like, I was in a position where it wasn't like her telling me I couldn't get the new jabosh or some bullshit that I wanted. Like, it was healthcare based. And even though it's slightly cosmetic, like, unless you have a cleft palate or something ridiculously wrong, you can live with crooked teeth. You may not like it, but it will not kill you. Um, and so when I finally got in this position, I didn't get a bag get shoes I got braces and the reason why that is so I guess you're like well bitch how's that motivational it's motivational because whatever it is that matters to you wherever it was that maybe it sank it like literally sank in your soul it made you feel less than it wasn't the fact that I couldn't be cool like other all the other kids and walk around with braces. It's the fact that I didn't like the look on my mom's face because it was something that she couldn't do that I know she wanted to be able to do. And so if you're able to do it, if you're in that position to do it for yourself, then do it for yourself. And I don't think I could have been 45. And if I wanted motherfucking braces, I was going to get braces. And that's just going to be the end of it. I don't think there is any time limit of in terms of doing something that makes you feel better about yourself. And so that's just my message for this week. And long story short, I clearly made the better investment because those never full bags are canvas. They aren't even leather. Goyard is completely oversaturated in the market. And Louboutins are a European cut. And I got a wide foot. So why the fuck am I going to sit here and keep spending money on Pagalis and so Kate's? It's stupid. So um, I'm going to get braces and fuck the game up in 14 months. Like It is happening. Um, and I got clear ones. So... It's my money and I want it now. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much my spiel. But all jokes aside, do what, what makes you happy and don't worry about what anybody else has to say about it. Because for anyone that has an opinion, 
Terrence said, well, I mean, you didn't need to get them. Feel free in that case to cash app, Venmo, or QuickPay $250 a month into my bank account on top of the deposit I already put for these bitches. And I will gladly be quiet and take whatever you have to say about me having them. But as long as that withdrawal and deduction is coming out of Joy Colette Weathers Chase account, crickets. And I'll talk to you later. Bye.